0: uh, But today, I want to minister to you on something. It's on uh, climate change. And I don't usually get very political. I don't think it's necessary. I'm not a politician. And I don't get scientific because I'm not a scientist. There's nothing worse than a preacher trying to be a scientist. Can you say amen? So I I didn't go to school for science. I don't understand science. But I do understand faith. And so I'm going to approach this issue from the Bible, And so I do feel like that's solid ground for me uh, to talk about the future of the planet as far as the Bible is concerned. And one of the disadvantages that scientists have is that they're looking at things without believing in God or believing in the Bible. And uh, if you believe the Bible, it just changes everything. It makes life a lot more simple. If you believe the Word of God, you can be happy in these, these, these turbulent times. If you believe the word of God, you can be secure. You can feel protected. In fact, you can have all the things that people are losing today because of the changes that we're facing in our society. The word of God will supply protection, provision, your future, your destiny. And you can find those promises in the word of God. So I want to apply that to climate change. How many of you think that would be all right to do? Not as a scientist, but as a preacher. And I'll just give you a little clue. The, the problem is not preachers trying to be scientists. It's scientists trying to preach faith in things. And so, you know, faith in nothing is still faith. You, you can write that one down. Fa- faith in nothing is still faith. In other words, there are certain things that you just can't prove by science. You just have to believe them. And you're either going to believe the Bible or you're going to believe something else. But you're going to believe something. And uh, I've found that it's beneficial just to believe the Bible. (laughs) I'd rather just believe the Bible. And so we're going to apply that to climate change. Let me give you this verse to begin with. Matthew 24, verse 6 says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. This is Jesus speaking. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines Pestilences, that's epidemics, plagues, pandemics. Earthquakes in various places. Jesus is preparing us for end times. I believe we're living in those times. He didn't say anything here about climate change. Nothing. He didn't say anything about global warming. He did talk about earthquakes, famines, pestilences, uh, and, and different things like that. But he began by saying, see that you, everybody say me. See that you are not troubled. Uh, it's, it, there's, if there was something for us to be troubled about, he wouldn't have said that. And. What's what's the you know one of the motivations for me to talk about some of these things is is I've been watching the news and uh, I, I realized that they came out with a report that young people are very very concerned about the future of the planet. They're very concerned about global warming, and these concerns have an impact. They change What you believe changes your life. And so there are people that are, that are choosing not to have children. They're choosing not to get married. They're choosing not to have families because of their fears. And I believe they're unfounded. God put us here to be fruitful and multiply. He put us here to progress, to possess the earth, to, to subdue the earth, to take dominion over the earth. And anything that keeps us as, as human beings from doing that is really anti-scriptural. It's okay for us to have towns and cities. It's okay to mow your grass and to have landscaping. It's okay to do that. That's scriptural, to to possess the land. Now, I don't believe we should trash the planet. I believe we should be clean and clean up our messes and do the best we can. But how many of you know that God factored that in when he built this planet? He knew that we were going to have a carbon footprint. And he didn't say what you need to do is have a zero carbon footprint. He didn't say that. He said, "Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, take dominion." He he wants us to progress, and and uh, and it's scriptural to do that. And I, and I'm offended uh, when people try to make laws or or take a position where somehow that's wrong. It's not wrong to do what God said. Yes, that's it. You, you know, when you have a baby. Uh, if you've never had one, if you have a baby, they're going to dirty their diapers. And you don't say, you know what? This is not good for the planet. I, I am going to have to... I'm going to get rid of this kid. It's This is not good. You you don't do that with a baby. You In fact, you do just the opposite. You, you get your nursery ready, and you buy your diapers before you even get the baby. Why? Because you know it's going to make a mess. Come on, come on, come on. How many of you believe God has enough sense to know that... We were going to have a carbon footprint, and there were going to be things that the planet was going to have to deal with. And so, um, here's the the difference. And I'm just going to tell you this, and I'm going to give you four scriptures that I believe settle this debate. If you're a Christian, uh, and, but 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 here's the problem: is that the, these people, they truly believe the, the sincere ones. They truly believe. That that life, human life ends at physical death. And the planet has to last forever. They believe that. They they believe that we're part of the evolutionary process and we're just, you know, animals. And, and when we die, that's it. There is no life after death, but the planet has to last forever. We as Christians know that it's just the opposite. We live forever. But the planet is temporary. How I many of you know God's going to make a new one? This, you know, when you have something and you know that it's disposable, you treat it differently. You, you know that it doesn't have to last forever. We just need to get our use out of it. And, and I believe that God knew what it was going to cost. He's the original one that said, if you go to build a tower, count the cost. So you don't get halfway through it and then run out of resources and say, I can't finish. Well, he's a cost counter. And he counted the cost. And he put all the resources that we need to survive and live and thrive on this planet. And knowing God, you know, when he multiplied the loaves and fishes, there was more left over than there was to begin with. How many of you believe God is an abundant God? He's a more than enough God. And so I can tell you by knowing God's nature in the Bible, there's no talk of any lack or running out of any resources in the Bible that that when we're finished with this planet, there's going to be 12 basketfuls left over. How many of you believe that God could do that? He's a, he's a God that thinks ahead. He's a God of abundance. And my concern is, Jesus said it this way, that, 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 you know, that people are out there trying to save the world, and they're going to lose their own soul in the process. I'm all in, 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 I'm all in favor of saving the planet, but from what? And at what cost? Really, the planet is suffering because of sin, and, and the goal here is to get people right with God and to deal with the sin problem. But if I was the enemy, I would love to get people focused on something that can't be fixed or can't be changed or whatever. And, and I think that's what's going on. Uh, it says here in Hebrews 1.10, it says, And you, Lord, in the beginning, laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up and they will be changed. But you are the same and your years will not fail. In Isaiah 34, 4, he says, all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved. Well, that changes things, doesn't it? There's going to be an end to this creation. It's going to be dissolved. It's not going to be this way forever uh... we don't have to make the planet last forever as if we could do that by our own power anyway you know i saw a news report where if we were to go green our whole country were to go green in in the next few years it would cost fifty trillion dollars which we don't have i guess you could have it if you made it printed it but fifty trillion dollars to go green but if none of the other nations of the world followed us it wouldn't make but one or two percent difference in in the world's climate so I'm concerned that people in power are trying to fix problems that don't exist uh, while ignoring the ones that do, and, and I'm going to do my part. F- f- the main thing here is I don't want Christians to worry about things that they shouldn't be worried about. Can you say amen to that? Fear is an enemy, and if there was anything to be fearful of or to be concerned about, Jesus wouldn't have said through, through Paul, be anxious for nothing and he wouldn't have said through peter cast all your cares on him for he cares for you if there was some he didn't say cast all your cares on him until 2023 and then you better get really concerned because even god can't help you now and, and that's really what we're saying when we get concerned about natural issues, things that are really in God's control under his hand and his control. When we get concerned about those, what we're actually saying is not even God can do something about this and there's nothing God can't fix. And when we look back on life on planet earth, it won't be uh, that, that it, it, you know, the, the problem won't be that we ran out of resources or God didn't supply enough or do his job. He always does his job. And by the way, don't be concerned about a meteorite from outer space colliding with planet earth and knocking us out of our orbit. It's not going to happen. Say, well, have you talked to NASA? No, NASA says that it will happen. But if it were going to happen, it would be in the Bible. And it's not. The world is going to come to an end, and the Bible is specific about how this happens. Not when, but how. How many of you believe that God will sustain life on planet Earth until we are done with it? So in Genesis 1, 28, let me read this to you, and then we're going to, I'm going to give you four scriptures that I believe really do solve this issue as far as, Christians are concerned. Uh, Genesis 1:28, then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. That was in the beginning. And we've actually done that all these years. And, you know, I have enough confidence and faith in God that if carbon emissions were going to destroy the environment, he would have never allowed us to invent that engine. Are you with me? If that was going to destroy the planet, then God wouldn't have allowed us to have that knowledge to invent. I I believe that, that gasoline engines, air travel, modern things have made life better for people. Uh, medical science has advanced in every area i'm i don't know about you but i'm happy that we have air conditioning you should say amen Uh, for that in alexandria thank god for air conditioning and if i was jesus and i had any choice of when to come to planet earth i would have waited till after air conditioning central heat and air he came before there was central heat and air Uh, thank God for these modern conveniences that have made life better. And to turn that around and, and act like it's some kind of an insult and we're the problem is to miss the point. And the point is God built this planet to give human beings a place to live and to multiply and to grow so God could bring himself a family out of humanity. That's really the purpose. It's not to see how long the planet can last. It's to build a family for God. And, you know, that's happening right now. God's family is growing every day. And God's plan is being fulfilled every day. Even though the, the, the news cycle goes on and on and, and, and things get worse and worse, God's family is growing and that's why we're here. Man, I've been listening to these doomsday scenarios my whole life. I can remember as a child in elementary school having a nuclear bomb drill. Now, why do you need a nuclear bomb drill, I mean, if you really think about it? There's nothing left after a nuclear explosion. You have to prepare for that? I mean, that's the one thing you don't need to prepare for, annihilation. (laughs) Well, why do I need to get ready for that? But they had us get under the desk. Did you get under the desk? Did you fit under the desk? <laughs> so, so when, I think you've been a pretty big boy for a long time. Haven't you? <laughs> so when did a government-issued elementary school desk become a suitable bomb shelter? No, it's the process. They want to get you conditioned. It, I, I can't think of any other reason. And it worked on me because... Sometimes I hate to admit that, but I listened in school. I actually listened and I went home that night and I couldn't go to sleep Why because they told me as I was under my desk preparing for death That nu- that Russia had nuclear missiles pointed at America and that any moment they could push a button and launch those missiles and we would all blow up and smoke. And, but We also had nuclear missiles pointed at Russia. And before those missiles got to us, we could push a button and we could blow them up. So in the middle of the night, two people with red buttons could end the world as we know. (laughs) That was not easy for me to to digest as an eight-year-old boy. And so I was at home and I, I I was laying awake thinking about... Russia, hoping that that was not the night when they were going to push the button. And I, and I called my dad and I said, Dad, I, I can't sleep. And my dad was a good dad and he came to my bedside and he was comforting. And, and, uh, and, and I, he said, well, why can't you sleep? I said, well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I just want you to know, I learned today in school that Russia has all these nuclear missiles pointed at a, the United States. And at any moment, They could push a button, and we would all be blown up. And I I can't sleep. So my dad took a deep breath and thought a minute. And I don't think he would use this answer again, but he said, well, son, we've all got to die sometime. (laughs) And he went to bed. So I did want any... Intelligent child would do. I said, "Mom, <laughs> I can't sleep," and she had a much better response. <laughs> but the point is, I've been going through these doomsday scenarios my whole life, and I don't want to make light of them and make fun of science. I don't want to do that. I, 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 but, but listen, I went through the bomb thing, and it didn't happen. Say, well, it could happen. Well, it could happen, but we already know how the world's going to end. In fact, I'm going to give away the punchline here. The world is going to end by global warming. It's just not going to be man-made. It is going to literally be melted by the power of God and, and remade into a new heavens and a new earth. But, but, but besides that, we've gone through uh, the ozone hole. Anybody ever wonder what happened to that? They said that because you use hairspray and air conditioning, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And now we're all going to we're all going to burn up, alive, because of the ozone hole. And they just moved on from that. I guess it wasn't dramatic enough. And and then there was the Y2K thing. Anybody remember that? Man, the whole world's going to come to a screeching halt. And you better buy food because there's not going to be more food. There's not going to be more water because the computers are going to freeze up in the year 2000. And the thinking was they, aren't built, they weren't built to recognize the year 2000. So when it got zero zero, they would go back to 1900 and they would just be confused, which would be confusing. <laughs> I mean, if you're 100 years off, that's, that's a big mistake. Even if you're a computer, that's a lot of years and so uh, they had all their points and reasons that this is going to be the end you know the it's going to be the end of society and and it didn't happen and 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 so and now there's 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 global warming there's the NASA's uh, threat of a meteorite from outer space colliding with the planet all of these are things beyond our control to make us feel small and insignificant and like our life is hanging by a thread and it could be snipped away at any moment and, and to make you feel as if you should live in fear and intimidation. And the Bible teaches us just the opposite. We are the apple of his eye. Our lives are bound up in the bundle of the living. He's given his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. God has promised to supply all of our needs through uh, th- through through his riches and glory in Jesus' name. There are so many scriptures that are opposed to these doomsday scenarios that I believe we need to stay strong in faith we need to encourage our young people to be to 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 you know be fruitful multiply replenish the earth subdue the earth take dominion do what you were put on this planet to do and don't let the world talk you out of it now they're saying because of the economy and because of the world situation that that this next generation will never be what they could have been and they won't be able to have opportunity like the generations before. Don't believe those lies. You've all got one chance to live one life and this is it. It's already started. Make the most of it. Don't let the world intimidate you or, or put you in fear about anything. We shouldn't fear lack. We shouldn't fear the climate. We shouldn't fear outer space. These are things that God has put in force. When you don't believe in God, you're at a disadvantage. That's it. That's it. You know, it's it's like this situational ethics just really irritates me. That, but there's this there's this deal, and they used to give this in college. I don't know if they do it anymore, but you got a lifeboat. It sounds like a sounds like a joke. you know, there's a preacher and a lawyer and a Jew or whatever. You know, in a boat. So there's an old person. There's a young person, there's a disabled person, and then there's a middle-aged person in a boat. You're out in the middle of the ocean, you're stranded, and, and, and in order to survive, you have to throw one person overboard. Who do you pick? Well, that's a terrible thing to say because it doesn't reflect real life. You're just making this up. Let me give you a real-life scenario you got four people in a boat, and you're out in the middle of the ocean, stranded. They get in a circle, they hold hands, and they cry out to God. And God can answer prayer. They never include God into the equation. And it's a problem. It leaves a void that is filled with fear and speculation and guesswork and their political persuasion. And they use it to try and manipulate or, or control people at least the people that don't have good motives would, would do that. But we can't be held hostage to these things. Uh, when, when the disciples were in the boat, remember the storm came and Jesus was asleep and the boat sinking and they woke up the Lord and they said, Lord, we're all going to die. How many of you think that God doesn't like that kind of talk? And that's what every one of these doomsday scenarios, the conclusion is we're all going to die. Jesus woke up. And, and I call it old math and new math. They said old math says this storm plus this boat equals we're all going to die. And Jesus said, let me give you some new math. This boat plus this storm plus God means we're all going to live. Do you understand the difference? You cannot use natural reasoning to determine our future if you leave God out of the equation. That's, you're at a... Disadvantaged, you can never overcome that. No wonder they come up with one, one d- doomsday scenario after another. N- 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 and none of them are true. There's actually a God in heaven that created this world for a period of time. And when that time comes to an end, he's going to destroy it. There are certain lines that no one can cross, including Putin and Kim Jong-il and Un and all the other Kim Jongs. They can't cross certain lines and destroy humanity because they had a bad day and because they have access to nuclear weapons. God controls the things that are beyond our control. We're supposed to control the things that are within our control. So quit worrying about the climate warming up, melting the polar ice caps, and drowning the world and just clean the kitchen, you know, or clean, you know what I'm saying? It's like people are living in a mess and they're worried about climate change. Man, get yourself together. (laughs) Comb your hair. Well, but the whole world's going to die. No, we're not. We're still here. They've been saying that for thousands of years and here we are. We were supposed to all die in 2000 or before, and here we are. Global warming was supposed to destroy the world long before now, and the world's bigger than ever. There's 8 billion people out there. Somebody got it something wrong. <laughs> I told you, I'm not, listen, I'm not a scientist, I, uh, but I did do a little research. And I do admit that in, in the graphs that I've seen that the world is warmer than it was 100 years ago. And, and it's obvious it's not a lot warmer, but it is warmer. So I'm not denying that. I'm not, I'm not ignorant of scientific research, and I don't believe they're lying to us. I believe the climate has gotten warmer. I don't think they can prove why, but maybe it is uh, because of emissions. I don't know. Maybe it's because of cows. You know, they say that cows create a lot of methane gas. They are saying, I didn't say that. That's what they're saying. And, and, uh, so then we, they want to do away with meat. Well, right there, you lost me. You just lost. I don't care. I don't care if it does destroy the planet. I'm going to eat meat. Just start the countdown clock. Cause I'm not going to give up meat. You know what I'm saying? It's like, They're just after everything, and so uh, I'm not denying that it's warmer, but it's one thing to say the climate's gotten warmer. I understand, that's science, that's data, that's provable. But to say that because it has, it's going to continue to get warmer until the polar ice caps are gonna melt, flood all the cities, and we're all gonna drown. That's a leap of faith. You can't prove that. Now, I believe some people actually believe it, but I don't. And since we're talking about faith, because we've left science and we've jumped straight into faith. When you say that, can you, can you agree with that? I love science and I love what it's done for the world. But if you're going to tell me that because the world has gotten a degree warmer in the last 50 years that we can count on in the next 50, it's going to completely be destroyed and uninhabitable because of, of warming. That's not science. You cannot prove that that's faith. And when you're going to talk about faith, I got plenty of faith. I have faith in God for protection, I have faith in God for provision. I, 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 I got on this neighborhood app for about three days, and um, <clears throat> we have this, these ring cameras. You, you got ring cameras? I had too much time off in 2020, and I just like totally updated everything. I got cameras. And I got alarms, and I've got, um, my whole house is full of speakers that talk back to you. And I understand they listen to you. <laughs> they're bored. But um, anyway, you know, they'll, they'll call. I've had people say, you know, they're listening. I said, well, they're not getting a whole lot out of my conversation. It's pretty boring. Uh, help yourself. But, but uh, my ring cameras caught two coyotes, very healthy-looking coyotes. Uh, running through my driveway now i live in the center of tulsa it's urban there's trees and whatnot but i mean it's the center of town and there's two coyotes in my driveway so it got the i posted that picture and i said that's just a little too close for comfort and you would not believe the responses i got oh how dare you they were here first you are taking their land, and, and, then you, and they've got to have a place to live too, and it went on and on, and I thought, my gosh, I never knew there was such a heart for coyotes in this town. <laughs> you would have thought coyotes were an endangered species, being pummeled by men and women and kids just taking advantage of these poor animals, and, 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 and I thought, you know, I, I, I believe in great white sharks, but I wouldn't want one in my swimming pool there's boundaries do we believe in boundaries y'all i told you i wasn't going to ridicule this stuff but some of it needs to be pushed back on and so uh i i read about a friend that did some research and here's what he found out in oklahoma where i live 95 percent of oklahoma is undeveloped only five percent of oklahoma is urbanized We didn't push them out anywhere. They came to us. And I found out too that coyotes come to town for easy food. They come to eat our pet food and our pets. <laughs> they, eat, they eat our pets when they run out and, and then they don't come back. The coyotes got them. They're not there because they have nowhere else to go, they're there for an easy meal. Besides that, I don't like any kind of philosophy that makes it sound like humans are an imposition on the planet, that we're the problem. Because I understand the Bible that God created the heavens and the earth to have a place to put humans. We're not at the top of the food chain. Think about that. They say we're at the top of the food chain. What does that mean? We're on the menu? No, we're not on the menu. Everything else is on the menu. When a, an animal dies, it's eaten. Other animals eat other animals. This is their primary food source is mice and rabbits and pets or whatever they eat. Humans aren't on the list. Why? Because we're not part of the food chain. The food chain was built to sustain human life. Are you with me? It doesn't mean that we should be bad stewards. He said, take dominion over the earth. He said, subdue it. So we're supposed to steward it. We're supposed to take good care of it, but we're not an imposition on the planet. The planet was put here for us. The animals were put here for us. And, and it's not wrong uh, for us to build cities or build homes and have cement driveways and have air conditioning. How many of you can say amen? And I don't don't like the fact that they want to take that away from us or try to make us feel like we're the problem. You know, they act like like if it weren't for humans, the animal kingdom would just be like a Disney movie. Have you seen The Wild? They don't get along. They kill each other. They eat each other. I mean, it's not like humans are, are, are doing anything different than the animal kingdom does. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a little insulting. But let me give you these verses. Number one, Genesis eight twenty two really should put an end to the global warming fear in the church. You're never going to convince the world, and that's not what this is for. But I want to take fear out of your heart and out of your life and your family for, for this issue. Genesis 8, verse 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat... Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. Man, that's pretty clear, isn't it? And, and you know, <clears throat> people can like the Bible or not, but Bible prophecy has been 100% accurate. No one else can say that. But if you look at Bible prophecy that had a chance to come to pass it's extremely accurate. And if God says this in his word, I'm just going to believe it. How about you? That, that cold and heat, summer, winter, it's going to, it will not cease until the end of time. I, I, I believe that. Then here in 2 Peter, verse 3, and uh, I'm going to start in verse 5. It says, <clears throat> by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. So the flood came and destroyed the former world, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word. In other words, the ancient world was reserved by the word of God for judgment. That judgment came in the form of a flood. The modern world today is reserved also. It's preserved, and it's not going anywhere until we're done, until it's over. I don't know about you. That just makes me happy. It says they are now preserved by the same word. Man, the word of God is, is powerful. It says they're reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So people that are trying to save the planet and forgetting about their own souls are missing the point. Let me give you a few scriptures that I think give us some perspective uh, about who God is. Just because God's invisible doesn't mean he's not powerful or relevant. Psalm 33, verse six says, by the word of the Lord, were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth, he gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him for he spoke, and It was done. He commanded and it stood fast. That's pretty absolute, isn't it? That's pretty powerful. So what he's saying is the the world needs to be in awe of God, not nature, but God. They ought to worship the creator, not the creation. And, 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 you know, when you when you take God out of the equation, the, something's going to fill that void, and it's never good. Job 26, 11 says this. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his rebuke. He stirs up the sea with his power, and by his understanding he breaks up the storm. By his spirit he adorned the heavens, His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Indeed, those are the mere edges of his ways. And how small a whisper we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? I like that, don't you? God's great. God is powerful. And his word is preserving the earth as as we know it. Job 38, 4 says, God said this. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding. Psalm 74, 17 says, you have set all the borders of the earth. You've made summer and winter. Man, it just goes on and I'll give you one more. Isaiah 44, uh, 24. Thus says the Lord, your redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone who spreads abroad the earth by myself. I like that. God did it by himself. He didn't get permission. He didn't form a committee. He just created what he decided to create, and you're living in it. Aren't you glad to be living on God's planet, in God's creation? And, and you and I have found him, so we know the meaning of life. And, uh, and so I'm not going to run from a conspiracy that they say is a conspiracy because I know God. I see things differently. All right, here's another scripture. This one <clears throat> talks about the end times in, uh, in Matthew 24, verse 37. It says, But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. That does not sound like a planet in crisis, does it? He said they're going to be eating and drinking. They're going to be marrying and giving in marriage. They're going to have weddings. They're going to have celebrations. They're going to have life. They're going to conduct business. People are going to go about their day. They're not going to be hiding in their houses because of global warming. They're not going to be making rafts so they can float you know, after the polar ice caps melt, it didn't say anything like that. It said that life it may be more intense, it may be more stressful, but it's going to continue. There's going to be some semblance of of, of you know normal life until the end. My heart goes out to these people who are trying to save the world and, and lose their own soul. It's a, it's a tragedy, and, and I want to do my part to reverse it and say, hey, listen, there are things that are more important, more pressing than, than some of these climate issues that are so demanding for our attention. I want to save the planet, but from what? Really, the planet needs to be saved from sin, which has infected the human race, and I have an answer for that. His name is Jesus. Isn't that great? Then in, verse, uh, in second, second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13, it tells us literally how the end is going to come. And, and uh, he's very specific. It's, it's not, uh, this is something God's going to do. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens, that's the starry heaven, the universe will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? And so, so what has happened is the world has gotten an exactly opposite. He's saying, you know the world is going to come to an end. That God is going to come in and judge and destroy the world and remake it. You know there's going to be an end. So what kind of life should you be living now in light of that? And the world thinks there is no end. That the, that the planet's going to have to last forever just the way it is. And, and that's just not true. So they're not really preparing for the right outcome. And, and bless their hearts. You know, a lot of them are very sincere. And, and they truly want to do something that matters. They're just misguided. The, 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 the problem is not the planet or the climate. God did that. It's fine. It's the people on the planet. It's making your peace with God. It's realizing why you were created to begin with. Where did you come from? And, and why are you here? And where are you going? Those are questions that need to be answered. And, and, and so it's up to us, you know, we're the conscience of the nation and, and they can get it wrong and they can, you know, because they don't believe in God or whatever, but we need to set the record straight whenever possible. Amen. Amen. So he says this, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So it makes a huge difference. If you're preparing for the planet to last forever, you're going to live one way. And if you're preparing for the planet to to come to an end and be judged by the power of God, you're going to live a different way. It's a different kind of motivation. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire... And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So the future is really bright for us. God's going to make a new heavens, a new universe, a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's something that we should be looking forward to, not dreading. And in my opinion, the enemy's done a very good job of trying to get the church to dread the future like the world. And we ought not dread it. Our greatest days are ahead. There there's a future that is beyond words. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. We have a great future. We should be the happiest people on the planet. We should be <clears throat> the most well-adjusted, secure people on the planet no matter what happens because our future is secure. How many of you could say amen to that? Amen, amen. We have a future and a hope in God. And then finally, John chapter 14, verse 27. And <clears throat> I wanted to wrap it up with this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isn't that great? We need to get more and more conscious of things that are trying to trouble our hearts, things that unsettle us, make us fearful, intimidated, or unsettled in in our faith. And we need to identify these things. Because Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And he knew what he was talking about. If there was something to be troubled about, something to be afraid of, he wouldn't have said that. He would have made some sort of, you know, an exception. But there is no exception. If you belong to God, he's your shepherd. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be troubled about. Take care of the things that you can take care of, your own life, your own home, your own spiritual well-being, your relationship with God, your family. Take care of those things and trust God to take care of everything else. You know, some people are just determined to worry about something. My mother, bless her heart, she she's on blood pressure medicine. And <clears throat> when she first found out she had high blood pressure, she called me and she said, my blood pressure's going up. It's just going to keep going up. It's just going to keep... What's going to stop it from going up is just going to keep going up. And then she took the blood pressure medicine, called me back an hour later and said, It's going down. It's just going down. What's going to stop it from going down? It's just going to keep going down. I took that pill. Maybe I shouldn't have taken the pill because it's going down. It's just going to keep going down and I'm just going to die. And I'm not afraid to die, but I'm going to die. I said, Mom, pills are not magic. Your, your, your system is built... You know, it's not just like, there's there's systems that God put in place. And sure, things go up and down, but just because it's going up doesn't mean it's never going to stop going up. And just because it's going down doesn't mean it's going to, now if you have a, if you cut an artery, it's going to keep going down. (laughs) It can go down and it's not going to come back up. But other than that, I mean, it goes up and down. It's not magic. And, and, and the world's like that. There's things in place to take care of. You know, I remember one oil spill they had. Uh, it was supposed to ruin the oceans for years. In fact, you couldn't get oysters at Papado's. That was how I felt it. It's like, <laughs> what? No fried oysters? <sighs> they said, oh, it's the oil spill. It's going to be three years. <laughs> three years? And did you know that reports came out that somehow the ocean cleaned itself? And they had oysters back in less than a year. Praise God. But besides that, the ocean cleaned itself, and they didn't see it coming. It's like, man, you, you have to realize that this is a beautiful thing that God's done here, and it's not hanging by a thread. And the main thing is, when it's all over with, we were we did our, our duty. We were right before God, and we did all we could do. Amen. If you'd like this book, Prepare to Meet Your Maker, I've got four points in here, four truths to prepare every person to meet God. And it was written for people that don't believe in God. It was written for non-believers. If I could sit down with someone who says, I'm an atheist, uh, well, I want to talk to you and here's what I want you to, here's what I would have said to them. And so I put it in this book and we'll give it to you uh, if you'd like to download it with the QR code and we're going to have them out there. Another thing is this, this message that I've preached today is one of five that I've just done and I call them the world's top five <clears throat> best-kept secrets. And a best-kept secret is something that should be known, but it's not. How many of you believe the world needs to know what the Bible says about the climate? The world would be a better place if they were at least exposed to a message like this. Well, I have five of those messages that I believe uh, that, that need to get out. That It's not rocket science. It's not really a mystery. It's something everybody should know, but... But, but really they don't. One of them is, what is God doing right now? I get that question all the time. What's God doing? What's God doing? I answer that. And uh, and then I have one called, the good news is so good, the bad news doesn't matter. How many of you believe that's true? And so we do a message on that. And so there's there's five of them. It's on my YouTube channel right now. If you're interested in that, if you want to feed your faith along these lines and just get ready to live modern life, go to my YouTube channel. You can get there through gregfritz.org, my website. Just click on the link or search but, uh, and, and find my YouTube channel, Greg Fritz Ministries. And those top five, uh, the world's top five best kept secrets are right at the top. Uh, they're, they're new. And so uh, we're seeing more and more people get on our YouTube channel. And I'm glad because it's, it's still sort of an independent way to reach people. And it's very versatile. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but you don't have to watch YouTube. You can listen to it. You can go to the gym and put and turn on YouTube on your phone and just, you don't have to watch it. In fact, my, my program doesn't have to be watched uh, it needs to be heard. And so we have the messages that way and you can use them on your devices. You can listen to it in your car or wherever you are. And I encourage you, you don't have to listen to my stuff, but feed your faith. These are days and times where we need to stay close to the Bible. We need to feed our faith and not feed our fears because the enemy wants us to be scared And intimidated and draw back. And it's time for the church to live. Amen.